0: All right, well, good morning again, and happy Father's Day again. With all this around me, I feel like I should say good day, mate, but <laughs> I'm not going to talk with an accent all day. I do want to say a special thank you to uh, Jennifer and Teresa, who worked hard on uh, decorating, and everyone who worked hard on decorating this entire week. Um, thank you, guys. We're, for those of you who maybe weren't here in the <laughs> announcements, For those who weren't here, maybe in the announcements, we don't all, the church doesn't always look like this. Uh, we are gearing up for VBS tomorrow. I knew there'd be a lot of stuff on stage, so I thought I'd wear a tie to try to, you know, you know, bring us from the cartoon back to kind of what we're doing here, look a little more serious. I don't normally wear a tie either. Uh, But happy Father's Day again. Tomorrow we're going to be kicking off VBS. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot of teaching about Jesus. It's going to be great. would ask you to pray uh, as a church for VBS this week, um, that God would work in the midst of people's lives and hearts. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of singing, so kind of thinking about songs a little bit this week. uh, How many of you have ever made a playlist? Now, for some of you, maybe who are you know my generation or older, we used to call them mixed tapes, right? And if you if you if you were fancy enough to have two cassettes, you could you know record off the cassettes. But a lot of times, you just had to sit there waiting on the radio, you know, to, and then you hit record real quick, and that's how you'd get a song. But playlists are something that we we put together. I've got several on my on my phone. Haley, I want to ask you a question. You maybe how many playlists do you have on your phone? Over 400 playlists. Let's give her a hand. That's a dedication, right? But playlists are something that they are fun to put together. Um, This week I was flying back from California and uh, we had to stop in Las Vegas on the way back for a layover, and then, you know, we took off again, and as we were flying back, we flew over the Grand Canyon, we flew past, like, uh, the Vermilion Cliffs, and just a lot of stuff that we saw last year, my family saw last year, uh, on a Southwestern road trip, and so I pulled my phone out, and I pulled up the playlist that we had put together for that trip, uh, as we were flying over everything, just to remind myself, you know, and I hear those songs, and it just jars, you know, memories, uh, kind of like smells are very memorable. Songs are kind of the same, same way. If you listen to certain songs at a certain time of your life, it'll take you right back there. And so some of the songs that we did last year on the playlist were that way. And so as I was flying over, I was listening to all of those and just reminiscing on what we did last year. And what I want to do this morning out of this psalm is kind of deduce it to three quick truths that I want to serve as kind of like a playlist for you. And, and it's a playlist I want you to keep on repeat in your mind, just as we kept last year that Southwestern playlist on repeat. Everywhere we drove, we we're just playing it, playing it, playing it. And so I want to give you these three truths to keep on playlist or keep on repeat in the playlist of your mind. And they're truths for all of us. Okay? But as it is Father's Day, I'm going to apply them most specifically, but not exclusively, to fathers. And the reason I want to keep us, you know, on this playlist is because like, we need this. Now, somebody's going to say, Joe, but it's a psalm of Lament. Why are you going to preach a psalm of lament on Father's Day? Shouldn't we, like, be celebrating fathers today? I mean, you punted on a hard text when on Mother's Day, and now we come to a hard text, and you're not going to punt on this one. Why would you do that? Why don't you do that? Shouldn't we honor dads, celebrate dads? Well, I do want to honor dads, and I do want to celebrate dads. When you look at statistics of what the difference a loving dad, a loving father makes in the home, it's striking. So many of our problems in our country today center around fatherlessness. From violence and mass shootings, to drugs, to poverty, so much. Not, it's not only that, but that statistically is a big part of it. And so thank you, Dad who are in there, who are fighting, who are raising the kids. We appreciate you. We're thankful for you and what you do. But while Psalm 13 is a psalm of lament, I do think it is actually really, really, really helpful to all of us, and in particular to dads. Because again, it's something we need. Because dads, think about for a minute, like, what is your main job? What is your aim in fathering as you seek to raise sons and daughters? What are you aiming at in raising them? What is your ultimate goal? And friends, this is where a Sunday school answer is absolutely right. Our goal is to raise sons and daughters who love and follow Jesus. That is our main goal. I think anyone in here pressed would answer that way. Yeah, I'm in church. I need to answer. You know, it's about Jesus. Let's follow Jesus. Let's love Jesus. The question I do have for you dads, though, is. Are you? Are you seeking to raise your your children to love and follow Jesus? Jesus. Like, are you truly doing that? Or, listen to me, have secondary pursuits supplanted or pushed down what is to be primary? And be honest here, have sports, dance, work, or any other thing taken primacy and shoved down or perhaps even shoved out? Devotion to Christ and His church. And that's what are you more concerned with? Secondary things or primary things? And in the long term, what are you more concerned with? That your children would know, love, and worship Jesus? Or that they would have a nice job, nice house, socially connected, white picket fence, and comfort? And what are you more concerned with, the American dream or God's dream? Which one reigns in your heart? What do your actions, not your words, show? Be honest with yourself. And if it's American dream, not as much God's dream, well, the good news is this. It's never too late to repent. It's never too late to do what's right. And so repent. Turn. Make changes. Lasting ones. Because our goal, and this is a hard word, but our goal is not to air condition our children's ride to hell. Not to just make things easy and comfortable. It's to point them to Jesus. The one and only one who can rescue them and us from hell. Rescue them and us from our sin. Because Christ bore our sins. As a substitute on the cross in our place. And he rose again three days later to prove once and for all he is the son of God. He does forgive and have the power to redeem And so parents, dads, above all things, raise your children to get that, know that, believe that, trust that, and live that. That's the goal. And because that's the goal, that means, as John Piper put it, what you are in relation to God is far more important than any particular parenting technique you try to employ. I mean, will your children hope in God if you hope in money? Will your children be happy in God if they see that you are most happy in sports or other things? Will your children be confident in God if they see dad confident in himself? And so the most important thing you can do for your kids, dads, is to be converted to Christ the most important thing you can do. And then the most like strategic thing you can do is to be continually transformed into His image. Ever increasingly becoming someone who walks in the fruit of the Spirit. Ever increasing in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And so the goal we are aiming at in our parenting is to raise children who worship and enjoy God over all things and lead others to do the same. That's the goal for our parenting, and it's more caught than taught. So help your kids catch it by living it. And listen, obviously, I get that we cannot control our kids' hearts, our kids' choices. We cannot, by our actions, save our kids'. We do not control their eternal destiny. I get all that, but we can and are called to lay as much kindling around them as we can and then beg God to light it. And so that's God's goal for parenting. And it's hard. It's unbelievably hard. And it's heart-wrenching at times. There's a lot of joy in it. But there's hardships in it as well. And at least for me, and so I'm guessing some of you, the weight of this call and then the circumstances of how it's going sometimes, like when you look at you know, how your kids are doing, what's going on in their lives, and then how you're doing and carrying this out, dads, it can drive you to despair And so the first thing I want to do this morning and the first song I want to put on your playlist that you need to keep on repeat. Number one in your notes is this. Don't be surprised by despair. Don't be surprised by despair. Dads, don't be surprised by despair. Like sometimes because you care so much it drives you to the same feelings David had in Psalm 13. So look at verse 1 and 2 with me. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? Moms and dads, have you, have you been there? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And don't be mistaken here. The enemy isn't your child. The enemy is Satan. And worldliness. And sin. And all the God replacements that Satan would love to see your kids and you waste your life on. Giving up their soul to gain whatever world it is they have set their heart upon. And so when you see that happening sometimes in your kids, when you see sinful choices that they are making, it can drive you to despair. Stepping outside of parenting for a moment, sometimes this is just how life feels. How long, oh Lord? Where are you? It seems like you've forgotten me. How long is my enemy going to be exalted? Friends, as Christy was so accurately praying, those feelings are real. They are in Scripture. That happens. These feelings happen. So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised by despair. When it comes, though... Go to the next song on the playlist that we have to keep on repeat. And that is this. Number two. Pour out your heart in prayer. Pour out your heart in prayer. And somebody's like, Joe, that is so cliche. Well, maybe it is. But just because it's cliche doesn't mean it's not true. Pour out your heart in prayer. Look at David here again, Psalm 13. In the midst of despair, this is what he does. He pours out his heart in prayer. Look at verse 3. Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, like open them up that I might see. Lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Enemy being sin, Satan, worldliness. Lest my foes, same thing, rejoice because I am shaken. And so David is saying, Lord, I am like, I'm about done here. I am overwhelmed. I've been hanging on to the rope and my hands can't hang on anymore. Help me. And friends, he absolutely will. He absolutely will. Like I was thinking about, you know, he's not. So, so at Christmas time, TBS plays Christmas story nonstop, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? God is not, you know, Santa at the top of the slide, boot on your head, ho, 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 shoving you away. That is not God. He is picking you up. I've got you, son. I've got you, daughter. That, daddy's here. You're saved. I have you. I'm not going to let go. God loves to spring into action for His children. Because He's a good Father, and that's what good fathers do. And so Jesus says this in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish... Will instead of a fish, give him a serpent. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so God is good, and He delights in you as a son. Or a daughter, not because you're awesome, but because you're in Christ, and Christ is awesome. And so now, in delight, he invites you in to pour out yourselves, to confess your dependence, to grow in love and fellowship, to ask for his forgiveness and his help. And to trust him to hear and answer. But somebody's like, but Joe, I did that. And he didn't answer. Me too. From the moment Sarah and I found out that we, you know, each child, you know, we found out she was pregnant. We began praying for our kids. And we prayed specifically what we called the three D's. We would pray that God would, um, that they would have no diseases no disabilities, no deformities. We prayed that for all four of our kids, and God answered that prayer affirmatively for three of them. But one of them didn't quite answer it that way. Why? Why'd you, why, God? What, why'd you do that? What, where, where, where were you in that, God? What were you doing? What was that all about, God? God? It's what a perfect father always does for his children. He does what's good for them, even when we may not understand it. See, folks, we have to keep something super, super simple yet so profound in front of us at all, the, at all times. God is Father, and we are children. Like, God is God. And so, quoting John Piper again, the father always keeps the right to do what is best for the children, even if they don't understand why it is the best. I mean, how many times, those of you who have kids, have, you know, especially when they're little, and you tell them to you know, don't touch the stove, or don't stick a fork in the socket. Why? You don't sit there and be like, well, because you see there's alternating current going through. Like, you don't explain all the details of electricity. You just tell them, don't do it for your good. And so the father always keeps the right to do what is best for his children, even if they don't understand why it is best. Continuing to quote here. If this were not so, we would be saying that we should run the father's house. We should be the father and he should be the child, which in this case would mean we should rule the universe and God should learn from us how to do it. See, prayer is never meant to stop God from being God. We don't have the wisdom or the grace to run the universe. God is God, not us. And he will continue to decide how to run the universe in the best way. And if we ask him for a fish, he will not give us a serpent. But he might give us ibuprofen or peptobismol. It will give us what we need. Even when we don't see it. Even when we're not sure. He's not absent. He's not no longer sovereign. He didn't cease to be good. It's just that we're limited. And we can't see the ends from the beginning. We can't see the ripple effects. The long-term things that will reverberate because of something over the eons to the praise of His glory and the good of others. Taking even hardships and flipping them upside down. I mean, we know this. Like We think about, well, I, I get that, Joseph, you know, in the end of Genesis, what you, my brothers who sold him into slavery, intended for evil, God meant for good. But then even the cross, is this not what the cross is? The absolute worst evil that could ever happen being flipped and used for the absolute greatest good that could ever happen. And somebody's like, well, if that's true, then why, why even pray? Friends, things that would not otherwise happen, happen because we pray. And how that meshes together with the sovereignty of God is too big for this little brain. But meshed together, it does. And so pour out your heart in prayer. He's a good father, y'all. He's a good father. And he loves each one of you so much. And he loves your kids more than you do. So trust him trust in god's care and that's the third song on li- on, on the playlist when you got to keep on repeat and don't be surprised by despair pour out your heart to god in prayer and number three trust in god's care trust in god's care and as you pray and as you talk with the father this third one becomes possible because again, you look at Psalm 13, you look at David, he's depressed, he's anxious, he's despairing. How long, O oh Lord? Where are you? What are you doing? Consider, answer me. And as he prays, bam! Peace begins to flood into his heart when you get to verse 5. So get it with me. But, I have trusted in your steadfast love, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Bountifully. Remembrance is so important. Like hard times come, and they really are hard. But when we trust in God's care, when we trust in how he has dealt bountifully with us in the cross, in grace, in forgiveness, and just in the details of our lives, when we remember his faithfulness, we remember how he's dealt bountifully with us, well then when despair hits, our ship isn't sunk because we remember the past. We remember that God is good, that God has taken care of us, that God is still working a good plan. And like we've seen so much in when we're in the book of Exodus, it just often doesn't shake out the way we anticipate. But it's still good. God always keeps his promises, always. But a lot of times not in the way we might expect. And so dads, again, we have a job to do. There are things to do. Chiefly, point your kids to Jesus. That's priority one. And so make sure your life and make sure like your schedule and what is most valuable. like make sure that's what you're doing. You're pointing them to Jesus. But then also remember, it's not all on you. It's not all on you, like when you're driven to despair, pour out your heart and prayer and trust in God's care. I.e., don't live like a functional atheist, as if He's not around, as if God's not there, as if everything rides on you, you're not alone. God is there, and he's good and he's kind and he's gracious and merciful, abounding in steadfast love. Yes, you have a part to play but God's a lot bigger than you are and can do a lot more than you do. And so trust Him. Trust Him. And when despair strikes, remember His faithfulness and His love. And notice verse 5, it's a steadfast love. It's not a waffling love. It's not a teetering love. It's not a love, hey, when you're doing good, then I love you, and when you're not, I don't. That is not how God loves. He loves unconditionally. and has he not proved it or and or in your life like when you just take a minute and you think and you think about back about how god has dealt bountifully with you throughout your life i think about my own life 43 43 years of god dealing bountifully with me i think about all that he has done to bring me to June 19th, 2022. How He's preserved you, how He's preserved through storms. Just think about how He's preserved you through storms, how He's preserved you through crushing grief and disappointment, heartache, tragedy, worries, financial ruin, issues with your kids, getting older, caring for people, as you see them decline. Just think about that. How He has sustained you. And how He's been faithful to you even when you were faithless. And how He's dealt bountifully with you all these years. Okay? Remember that then and then now remember like right now God's not going to quit being that way he's not going to stop dealing bountifully with you he's not going to stop being faithful towards you he's going to keep on because like who he is is faithful that's who he is He's a promise-keeping God. That's who He is. And He loves you and is for you and He loves your kids and is for them, not against them. And so, do your part. Yeah. And don't be surprised when despair comes. When it comes, pour out your heart in prayer and trust in God's care and keep that little rhyming Playlist on repeat in your minds daily. Up oh, here's despair. I'm not surprised by it. I'm going to pour out my heart in God's prayer and I'm going to trust Him. That is just on. That is on repeat in your life. Don't be surprised. Pray, trust. On repeat, over and over and over and over and over. And don't be surprised by despair. Pour out your heart in prayer. Trust in God's care. Repeat. Let's pray. Father, being a father is hard. And so we pray for your grace... We pray for your mercy. We pray for you to bless our intentions even as we dads blow it so often. Father, I pray that you would help us as fathers to model to our kids what a life living for Jesus looks like, including repenting and turning, including Asking our children for forgiveness when we sin against them. Showing them what it looks like to say, I'm sorry. That is not what a good dad does. Give us this grace, Lord. And Father, help us as fathers, as families. To not judge our parenting on one event, whether it's really awesome or it was really terrible, but over a lifetime. Father, help us as fathers and as families to just have lots and lots of fun and talk about Jesus a whole lot. Father again, we are thankful for the fathers that are faithful, thankful for my own dad. But father, we are most thankful for you, that you are a perfect father, and that you love us like a father. You do not keep us at arm's length. You draw us close. You hold us fast. You see us through. You are a rock. We can lean on your arms. Because you are a good, good father. And so we ask, Lord, that indeed you would hold us fast. In Christ's name, amen.